Yeah, just... Oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't manage to get that in there, didn't you? Right. That, was sen- that was censored, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. yep. Where's that uh, phone? What? Back <laughs> focus, focus. Good. good. I, I'm happy to have had a drink yet, so yeah. we're off to a good start. Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Shit. Uh, we are joined tonight by Eddie. Uh, of uh, where Cape are we? Cape Cape Byron Distillery up in northern New South Wales. Eddie, hi. Hello, fellas. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thank you very You're much very for joining welcome. us. And in the white room, yeah, in the white room. I tell you what, it's a bit it's a bit different to the man cave setup. I was saying before, <laughs> I've got absolute man cave envy looking at you guys. I've a uh, yeah, it's a bit bland in here. I've got whiskey, but uh, you know, that's uh, just that stuck in the stuck in the office at home. <laughs> whiskey is all that matters. Yeah, two that's bottles it. on the shelf is a good start. To it. <laughs> yeah, they're all empty. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> You've got yeah. to start somewhere. You've got to yeah. start somewhere. Most of these are full of tea. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. It's all. Oh, you've been lucky. Whether, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all about perception, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, well, I guess where do we where, where, where do we normally start? We start with what's what in your glass. Drinking. Let's start at your what's, end. What's What are you drinking tonight? So I'm drinking a little Aussie single malt. Um, I was saying before, you know, part of, part of I think, the industry we get to, to, to be in is, you know, when we get to get together, we get to explore how much bloody incredible Aussie whiskey is getting made around the country. Um, and Crafty Mate, I think you might be aware of this one, maybe even had it once or twice. Uh, I am too. Um, I was actually doing a, uh, you know, with the lead up to today, I was doing a tasting with some of the crew in the distillery today um, and is just sensational. I was saying before, it's just like the Aussie chocolate milkshake of a whiskey. Um, it's just, uh, I love it. Uh, big and chocolatey and not even sure of what the sort of mash build of the profile is in there, but uh, one bloody tasty whiskey. Funny enough, there is some chocolate malt. There you go. Only a little bit, though. Only a little bit. Yeah, only a little. Yeah. Only a little. Right, what Mm. are we drinking? Well... Yeah, we're, we're, we're spoiled for choice. Yeah. Um, you've just been so away. I've, you've did a bit of a road I've, trip. I've picked up a few things along the way. I mean, of course, I think we should just start with a, a little tipple, of course, of the Cape Byron. The OG? Um, yeah. yeah. Makes uh, sense. Makes sense. Yeah. A, it would be rude, and that's a, a very good place to start. Cheers. Uh, so I'll pour out one of them. But then uh, I do have... Yeah. A few others that I wanted to bring out today as well. Um, I was lucky enough to receive one of these. Oh, you're kidding me. Brilliant. Which is, I mean, it's got my initials on it. Yeah. So it was made specifically for me. <laughs> is, that if you, is that if you squint hard enough, you get, you get <laughs> your initials out of it? Is that once Luke, you've consumed Luke. half the bottle, you get your initials come out? 
Luke there McCallum, it works. <laughs> it, it does. It says it on the bottle there. But this is the uh, Le American. I love that Le, name. Le, 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 Le American. I, yeah. I'm murdering it. I, I tell you what, they're making some great whiskey. You, you go to yeah. um, you go to the crew at whis whiskey and ailment. Actually, that's where I first tried King Lake, um, and you know, incredible whiskey bars around the country. You know, they get an opportunity to taste so many, and they're just you know, there's a few distilleries that they're really, really engaged with and loving what's coming out, and and that's one. And the releases, I haven't tried too many across the spectrum, but the ones I've tasted have just been brilliant. Well, we're actually going to be having them on on the 7th of December. Yeah. Great. Uh, they'll be joining us on the podcast. So well, we're, if I'll, they want to send some whiskey to Byron Bay, I'd be happy to drink some and, 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 and watch <laughs> along, you know. <laughs> it's a tough job, isn't it? But I mean, someone's, someone's got to do it. Absolutely. Uh, there you go, Lord Smeg, fantastic distillery to visit as well. Um, going back to yours, um, that's not a bad drop. Not a bad one. It's not, it's not a bad job. That's it's, it's lovely and oily and vanillary. Um, definitely along the bourbon. It's a bourbon barrel. That one, isn't it? You've got it. You've got it. So the, yeah, the that's to me that's that's just an everyday drinking whiskey. It's lovely. Yeah. I don't need to have a special occasion to drink that. I'm happy to drink it and buy another bottle every day. Yeah. Every <laughs> Every day is a good day to be drinking whiskey. No, that, mm -hmm. that's kind of what, what we set out. You know, the original that you guys have got there is that's our flagship. You know, when I say flagship, we're not a huge distillery, um, but this is something we want to keep consistent as a release. And you'll actually see, I don't know, do you know what batch code you've got there? Um, batch three. Brilliant. So that was the one we made. We actually won a, a, a big award at the SIP Awards. Sort of, um, yeah, we picked up best best Australian whiskey, which was pretty pretty incredible. Uh, mm. in, you know, in the first year, you know, like we said, we, we we've got an incredible industry that we're a part of here, and some exceptional single malt getting made. But the original for us was was really the style of whiskey that we intended to make when we sat when we set out, you know, and. Um, for for um you know i'll just launch into it anyway you know for the style of spirit where, where we wanted to create you know there's there's a there's a fair fair bit of legacy from jim um jim McEwen, who who who's sort of part owner of the business and and trained uh trained and mentored by and for us ah there you go i think we've got to do a book plug later on maybe even a chapter reading crafty what do you reckon <laughs> There's a great it's chapter on Cape, Cape Byron Distillery. I'd recommend, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you, can, no. you, can, you can buy your copy of uh, the story of Jim McEwen uh, off our website, uh, shootingshit.com.au. Meanwhile, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so no, so so the the original was literally a style of whiskey we wanted to set out. You know, our yeast structures. We want all of that. You know, you know, Jim used to search for lychee, kiwi, peach, pear, classic sort of fruit esters and characters, and our, our sort of new make was so, such similar along those lines, but it had a little bit more of a tropical backbone to it. Um, you know, really that sort of pear and syrup, almost sort of. Um, green mango character and you know we're we're maturing and distilling whiskey in byron bay we've got a hell of a climate to be doing that with mm. so 
Uh, wood policy, we really want to make sure that, uh, you know, we're not really getting over extraction. Um, yeah. And that's where bourbon cast for us in our climate, you know, high humidity, really good temperatures and high temperatures. We don't, we have a winter, but, you know, maybe we might wear jeans and maybe it may be a flanny if, if we're lucky, you know. Um, so, so for us, we, we're not concerned about the, the, the lows of the temperature, it's the highs. So we actually mm. take the heat curves out. And for us, um, you know, that elegant, you know, new make that we're making and beautiful and fruity in mat maturing in ex-bourbon full format cast, it's just a beautiful, beautiful combination. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're very lucky with our temperature and climate. We get to that level of maturation a lot quicker. You know, Jim, you know, over in Scotland and somewhere like Brooklady, that would take a little about seven to eight years to get to that level. Right. For us, we're reaching that, you know, between three and a half to four years, which is, you know, yeah, something right. that it, I can tell you it, it's a great thing. Uh, not mm. great for the amount of loss you get on your casks, but, um, uh, you know, mm. for us, it, it's just a, yeah, really helps. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Yeah, Eddie, just just go back to that that moment. Just cast your mind back when you and Jim were on your still, and it was mm -hmm. the first distillation, and the spirit came off. So you really had no idea how it was going to taste until that actual moment. What was the experience like, and what was Jim's feedback? Was it a was it like a yep, I knew that's how it would come out, or well, there's a few surprises there. It's funny, there's, there's, uh, I think the moment in this, you know, the, the journey of what we've been doing at the distillery, the ones that are, are the most special um, is the moment when, when you know, the, that spirit is born and that first spirit is born. And, and it's, you know, G Jim taught me about these and it was these poignant moments. Um, I remember him telling me the story of Brooke Laddie, you know, I think it was back in 2000 when he had the stills running again and the spirit ran for the first time. And it's more than just spirit running, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like a sign, a beacon of hope, you know, it's, it's, you know, this distillery is back to life and this spirit is the hope that's going to, you know, bring that along. And, uh, and for us, like, uh, oh, uh, there's, there's two of those moments. And firstly is when we, when we distilled our first ever Brookies dry gin. Um, and, and that was back in 2016 in November. And we were still finishing off the distillery and it was just Jim and I and the family. We'd we'd filled the still the night before with our botanicals and let it steep. And we started the distillation late into the evening. Uh, and it was we were going to run it through the night. And it was it was the moment. It was just like you know, as the still started to run. And actually, when we first looked at each other, and and Jim and I, we didn't talk for that whole time. Uh, you know, when as soon as the spirit started to run. And at yeah. first it started coming out cloudy and because we use native ginger stem in our basket um, as one of the final botanicals coming through our line arm and we waited and, you know, half an hour, you know, and every sort of five, ten minutes we're going back to it, back to it. And there was this moment when you find, you know, that cut and that spirit and, and the best way to describe it if you haven't been on a still and still run and see that, it's like, on a cloudy sort of day, the clouds part and the sun comes through. You know, that's yeah. what you pick up on the nose. You know, when you when you get those, you know, for us, we get this beautiful kind of fruit sweetness that comes through. The aniseed drops down and it's just almost this candied orange will come through, candied orange and raspberry. 
And that's kind of a distinct note where we made that cut. And, for, you know, the emotion in it, it was tears of elation. It was, you know, <laughs> we, we were in tears and it was such a beautiful moment. And it's like, uh, it, it's literally that child is born. And, and I suppose I, I've got, well, I've had three of those now. We've uh, well, I've had our first baby boy four months ago, little Jude. Uh, yeah. So slightly different spirit to, uh, I'm not going to say, you know, <laughs> not going to bring it in exactly the same, um, but the whiskey was something. So we only started our whiskey journey, um, did our first first spirit cut in February 2019. And it was mm. something Jim and I, we've been talking about. Like when we actually started, a lot of people always ask me, they're going, oh, mate, we know that we know your story. You must have been doing this just to get to whiskey. And that simply wasn't the case. We actually, you know, we had an idea, maybe we might get to whiskey to be a nice thing and, a, and an idea, but we were all things gin focused, you know, because we've been regenerating rainforest and our story that our spirit tells is from our family and our farm and, and the work we've done in the rainforest. We get to use the vehicle of gin through our botanicals to kind of tell that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were like, you know, like two kids in a candy shop. And ever since then, you know, we'd be talking all the time and, you know, you, you, you plant these seeds and this idea and, you know, imagine what it would be like to not only just distill but mature whiskey in Byron Bay, you know, the furthest place from Scotland, you know, the furthest <laughs> place from the world of whiskey that Jim knows. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so, so spirit-wise we kind of – you know, uh, look, with I, th I think with working with Jim, it, it's it, it helps that we have such knowledge of, of of a base to start with. So we knew the yeast structures and the type of malt we were going to be using, but we also didn't want to be a, a, a we didn't want to be a Scottish version of Australian whiskey or something like that. We wanted to be uniquely and distinctively us. So. Um, knowing the flavour profiles and, and we worked with um, actually the guy, one of the founders of Stonerwood, Brad Rogers, and he's kind of like the guy that created Pacific Ale, um, mm. especially being a local. I, I, you know, my blood bleeds Pacific Ale most of the time. Mm. Um, um, but, you know, we worked on some traditional yeast structures but also a few others that hadn't been used. Um, that had been used in the world of brewing. So it's this kind of this hybrid approach to it. Um, so we settled on an Australian pale malt, um, same same malt that's used in Pacific Ale as well. And, uh, yeah, a traditional Scottish uh, um, spirit yeast and then a, an ale yeast that actually brings us that ester profile. And we went through eight different yeast trials and, you know, it was similar. I remember, like, there was it was that moment again um, it was, you know, it was Jim and I and Pablo, our distiller, he runs our, you know, from, you know, I, I don't get to be on the stills constantly. I'm sort of spinning plates is what I do. And and it was that same incredible moment, all the work and all the time you've gone into it, but you don't know until you still runs, you know, mm. until you've done that work, you know, the washer, you know, fermented through well, we were happy with it. And, you know, the first ever run you do, you actually you know, that's not really where you get your true middle cut. You get a glimpse of it, but that mm. first run is to, you know, to bring up your four shots and fangs. You know, we, we needed to bring, create that seed stock, but we knew from that first run we were going to get a glimpse into that spirit. 
and and similar again you know running out the heads or you know running the four shots off and uh and uh yeah and similar we were nosing nosing and oh man it was just sensational it's it, the, the the beauty of it it's the same spirit that comes off the still and when we make the cuts today is what we first started back then you know so, so you, just, you haven't evolved it you haven't had to evolve it at all you haven't <laughs> tweaked and changed you were that set on it from day dot that it worked yeah wow and and you know like all of that like you know you get this classic you know as a kid growing up you used to get the golden valley you know fruit snacks you mm. know and for me you get that sort of pear and syrup character um you're going to get that sort of peach and lychee and, and and we get these really quite incredible um you know tropical soft tropical notes um coming mm. through beautiful malt character as well so and, you, you you attribute those those fruitier notes to the to the 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 ale yeast do you think or what, what yeah, do you think yeah. that too? It, it's it's you know it, the, those notes are found in in a classic Scottish spirit yeast, but, but definitely that uh, that ale yeast, and that starts that starts off, you know, it, 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 it sort of that burns out the quickest, um, you know, as as the alcohol starts to get created. So the mm. best way to talk about it is the ale yeast starts off and has this huge burst of flavour and a lot of ester profile food in that quick first part part of the ferment, and then. You know, about halfway through, that dies out, and then the spirit yeast takes the baton and you know, and just keeps running with it, um, and pushes it all the way through. But yeah, that's it, it. It was a big one for us, but also we were very, very sure we didn't want to make it, you know, uh, overly, overly sort of complex or overly sort of powered from 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 various fruit esters. So it was that real balance, you know, like a great single malt should be of those incredible you know fruit esters and profiles balancing with a really great malt mm. so for those of us who who don't know or those who don't know how did the relationship between you and jim come about give us a little bit of too, background too many drinks it was pretty much imagine you three there but we drank all the whiskey on the back shelf and then we <laughs> thought you know what we've got an idea um those uh <laughs> Um, it took so that long. It took it, that many to come up with an idea. It was a three-day affair. You wouldn't believe it. it was, <laughs> we went from one end of the bar to the other. Um, <laughs> no, I was. Um, I've, I've sort of been in the spirit industry for for a while. I'll, I'll sort of, um, you know, t tell you the story of how it all came to be. Um, so I, I grew up here in Byron Bay. Our family were, we're farmers. We farm macadamias and. What we're really passionate about is re regenerating rainforest and and that was kind of my upbringing we started a the folks started a food business and um from an early age you know i was putting you know labels on bags and you know will and i our, our beds were propped up with muesli boxes and we'd be at the markets every weekend and and that was just family life for us and we loved it you know very much the folks wanted us to grow up connected to nature and uh, and having just an understanding of it. Um, so it was a really kind of a great place to start. Um, so like any 18-year-old that grows up, you got to leave home. And I found, I uh, moved up to Brisbane and started working in bars. Um, and I was a glassy at the stocky. I remember uh, I was actually just talking to a few friends of mine. We used to work together. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'd be picking up glasses out of the troughs and, 
I'm going, how, how do you become one of these bartenders? These things, these people look like gods, you know? They don't, they don't have to go swimming around for glasses in toilets. And, uh, and I was like, right, first, first step, become a bartender. And, uh, and I remember early on, uh, you know, I went to, you know, a first training and someone was talking about, I can't even remember, maybe it was a vodka or a gin, and, and they're telling these tales and these stories. And, and I was just growing up kind of connected to where food and product comes from. I, I you know, I'm just a, a sucker for a story and to, to hear about this global world of spirits and how they're made. And I was just sort of infatuated with it. So... I had a bit of a career as a bartender and worked in some great cocktail bars and really kind of found my creativity there. But um, I, I got a gig as an ambassador um, pretty early on. Um, maybe I just love booze and chatting about booze. So maybe uh, it, it, it was the ultimate gig. I don't. I can't believe I got yeah. paid for it. I didn't get paid much. <laughs> They're still the best looking part. for a few paychecks. Um, um, but no, I was, I was an ambassador and, you know, the first products I got to talk about were great distilleries like Heyman's Gin or Buffalo Trace, um, you know, from, from Kentucky and also Brook Laddie and the Botanist Gin. And when I first learned about to talk about it, I had to get in, up in front of customers and bartenders and educate them like I was the guy that had the knowledge. And so I learned from reading everything that Jim wrote about Brooklady and every video where he talked about it. And for me, it was just such an instant understanding of what makes that product special. You know, when he talked about, you know, when he talked about Brooklady, he didn't talk about, oh, I'm going to tell you the science behind this and, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's like, hey, I'm going to introduce you to the farmer that grows the barley. I'm going to, you know, let you know the story about how this distillery has brought life back to the people of Isla, you know, uh, how we're employing disabled people on the island and the, the, the hope, the spirit that the, the botanist gin, and, and, you know, it's literally captured from the lands of, of Isla. And, you know, for me, I, I could tell that story quite well. You know, I could, you know, it's just kind of a, uh, I could tell, I suppose, quite true. Um, and then anyway, fast forward, I was in a career with a company called South Trade and from sales and marketing. And, uh, and then I was looking after a few brands and one of which was Brook Laddie and the Botanist Gin. And, um, and I got to put a tour on for this legendary distiller, Jim McEwen. And, and I was sort of fanboy number one. Like imagine being a boxer and, you know, being able to put on a tour for like Muhammad Ali, you know, it's mm. that level. Of, of, I still remember I was working late in the office the day he arrived, staying at the, uh, uh, I think the Hilton in Sydney, and he called me, you know, and the receptionist, she was there, she's like, oh, Eddie, Jim's on the phone for you. And I was like, oh, shit, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, anyway, so I made sure we created this legendary tour for the man. So we did 22 shows around the country, you know, sellout shows, classic proper rock star stuff like for the man he should be piped into every show and people packed into auditoriums 100 people plus just to listen to the man talk about whiskey uh and uh and, and taste his incredible whiskies and um yeah it was during that tour that we just formed this great friendship you know we used to travel around all of australia in this short time and We'd sit together on planes and he'd ask me about, you know, where I'm from and my family is such a true family values man. And I told him, you know, what I've told you guys about our farm and kind of what gets us excited. And, uh, it, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you the, the story. We were on our way. I can't remember where it was. We were on our way to Brisbane 
and it was about halfway through the leg. And Jim is this is this big believer in this idea or sense of karma um, uh, or, or, or even serendipity. And he said to me, turned to me, maybe we did have a few whiskeys by this stage. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said, Eddie, I, I, I truly believe we were meant to meet uh, and we're going to start a distillery together. Um, and <laughs> I remember I was still pinching myself and I got off the phone and I said to the folks, hey, by the way, we had this weird ideas of doing other businesses. I said, hey, make sure you come to Tasmania for the last leg. We're starting a distillery. Book, and they were there. Um, wow. And the and the rest has been history. You know, it's it's more than yeah. just I, I. You know, I, I still pinch myself to 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 you know to know I get to work with him and him being so connected to what we do. But more than that is just to call him a family friend. You know, the folks who are over there with with them on Isla just just the other week and. And they're just thick as thieves. They're just like, you know, my old man's a cheeky bugger and and those two together, you can't get a word in. It's just absolute abuse the whole time. It's world yeah. class abuse. <laughs> so you were saying you spin plates. So what do you do? What, talk about the various plates that you spin then, Eddie. That's a great question, Crafty. What do I do? I ask myself that when I turn up to work every day. No, um, you know, is is the business has evolved. Um, so we've we've now got about sort of thirty odd folk in the business, and uh, in the distillery, which is incredible. So humbled and proud, and we got the, oh, the most amazing people working with us. Um, so you know, so from the distillers' side, we've got. A great distilling teams, um, you know. So from my side, I'm, I like the thing I love is creativity and creating the product. So I'm still heavily involved in in the actual liquid development and production. Um, and you know, from all of our spirits that we create, uh, that's sort of a big part of what I still still do and work towards. Um, I'd love to spend more of that time, you know, on a day to day basis. But uh, you know, it, it's more so. Uh, you know, steering the ship, if you will. So, um, you know, we've also got our team in marketing and our sales and distribution and, uh, and you know, from accounts and finance and, and what we do from a cellar door and sort of ecotourism side of things. So, you know, you can kind of get that image of spinning the plate. So, so you know, as, as sort of, if you will, the, the technical title is CEO, but I, I prefer chief plate spinner. I think I'm going to change my title to that. Um, uh, but it it's really be, kind it of... It looks very cool on a business card when you have something chief, other than CEO. I think chief plate spinner. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to change that from tomorrow. Absolutely. CPS. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the button presser. You're the man in the hat. Yep, man in the hat. And man in the hat. I don't, think we, I don't think we actually include you in anything. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you're there. You're, you're, the, there. you're just the. You can just be the guy. You know, it's just, it's just, I, I, he's yeah. just the wing in the middle. I, I, I coined the term craft spirits artist because a lot of yep. what we do is artistic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. From from conceptual to execution on design and and how it's promoted and and the actual product itself and yeah it, it, and that's that's one thing about australian spirits you look at the the diversity of products and and you know the the way people are going and deep diving into different directions and making various products and you go wow this is 
It's incredible, really, isn't it, Eddie? Mm. Yeah. Oh, man, it's uh, it's just incredible. Like you, when we started, you know, 20, 2016, we, you know, we we were. I think we were, we were probably about 80 distilleries operating in Australia then. And you look at since we've started to to the in- industry that exists today and also it is just incredible. Oh, yeah, four, five hundred. I can't keep up, you know. Um, but but to your point, Crafty, it's it's people taking like the level of innovation. is just it's just bonkers and, and, in, and in a good way, you know. And I think the other thing is the level of quality, especially for Australian spirits, is just so high. You know, if mm. you're if you're now coming in and 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 um, you know starting a distillery or starting to produce products, it's not just creating good spirits. It's not creating great spirits. You've got to be exceptional just to be amongst the the the, the sort of the playing field. Uh, and that's just uh, you know a, a, a testament, I think, to the quality of of, of, of the industry. Um, but also, like you know, what are we? Our whiskey industry in Australia, really, from when Bill um, really started the, the birth of craft craft whiskey again. Well, that's only thirty years old, and that's the exciting thing. We've got such. We we even talk about in our in what we do is we get to write our own chapters. You know, we get to create our own new traditions, our own sense of traditions, and. Australian whiskey is in such a young, youthful phase. You know, you go to Scotland or, or to Ireland or even Japan, for the, you know, and, and Japan's even young in, in you know, in, in comparison. You know, Jim came from when he was 12 years old, 14 years old, he was kicking barrels as, a, as an apprentice cooper at, at Beaumont, you know, mm. and, and, you know, there is hundreds of years, of, of hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, I think it, at Brooklady, the, the 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 mash tun that they're still using was like created in like eighteen ninety. Um, <laughs> you know, Victorian age equipment. You know, and uh, that's yeah. just it, we've got. There's been such tradition and history that's gone before, and I think that's the exciting thing about what the future looks like. For you look at the ca- quality and caliber of what's getting produced, but also different distilleries going in different directions and. Man, like every year it, it gets more exciting, but I can't wait for that fast forward moment, sitting here five or even 10 years time to look at what Australian, you know, spirits, but in particular, you know, we're here chatting and got whiskey in our glasses, what, what whiskey is going to be like, but also the level of knowledge and, and kind of an international stamp and recognition of Australian whiskey. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bloody exciting time. So what do you think the so obviously the the Australian climate makes it very easy for us to accelerate that process where something mm-hmm. takes uh, sort of seven to to ten years to become okay product in Scotland we can do that in in two in some yeah. cases in in four uh, in most cases do you think that puts us on an accelerated trajectory to sort of overtake? scotland at any point in terms of being the oh um, i I don't know if we'd ever overtake you know i think i think when you look at it and and to put things in perspective i remember when they boast about it at a great distillery called edradour edradour when i was there and they they claim that they are the smallest distillery in scotland absolute Mm -hmm. smallest is now this was going back when i you know years and years and years ago but still their level of output 
you know, they're still making 300, 400,000 litres a year. Mm. You know, that is the smallest yeah. distillery in Scotland there is, you know, kind of like on par with, not, we've obviously got some beasts now, but um, it's, a, it's a different stage. And that, that has come from years and years and years, but also the industry and the support and, and the growth of it. So mm. we, I think Australian distilleries are at this bloody exciting time that we're heading towards there. You know, we've, we're, we're, we've got levels from, you know, small boutique to medium and even some large, and you need all of those. And, and we're, we're going to be producing more volume and we're going to be getting into a different stage. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, 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 we have such, so much uniqueness. Firstly, like we're a land that's abundant with crop and, and, uh, and you know, and grain, you know, grain and timber is is what is what we've got you know on our earth and 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 you know when you think about what do you need to make whiskey oh yeah grain and timber we're going to be okay um and mm. you know you look from that but then you've got we've got such a great industry i think from um you know such a strong brewing industry that has you know that's feeding in and can going to be continuing to grow to grow and then we also we get to 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 sort of walk in the shadows of what the wine industry has done and showed success and growth and what support and in export growth and 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 building brand wine australia and brand wine you know tassie to south australia and western australia like that's that's kind of where i honestly see all of our spirits sort of going and you know you take that and all of a sudden we're making exceptional spirits and then our climate is 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 is, is giving us whiskey that is you know, matured at almost twice the rate of what we're seeing in Scotland. It's 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 a really big advantage, massive advantage. Mm. And you know, I think one of the ones you know in Australia that's probably flying the flag the most um, and trying to explain to the world what Australian whiskey is is Starwood over in the states. And and it's a really positive. It's a it's a it's a big thing to to be able to talk to everyone knows of Australia. Of you know the white sunny you know white golden beaches and shrimp on a barbie and it's a hot beautiful climate and and you know we're associating that now with great whiskey because we're getting that great much greater maturation that we're seeing mm. so man there's there's a lot of strings to the bow i suppose it's um yeah it's it's but i think the climate in particular but also we're massive you know we're making whiskey here in northern rivers you know i'm I've got sweat dripping off me, and it's at you know eight thirty at night. You know, to Tasmania, to you know to North Queensland, to Adelaide. We've got such variety of climate and terroir in in on this land that yeah. that environmental stamp is also what I think we're going to start to see more come to life, and and that's what we lean into. You know, mm. we've got tropical, humid climate. You know, a, a real rainforest and and coastal sea air influence. That's what's making our whiskey really unique, as apart from you know the actual, you know, a few other things that go into it. But but that environmental stamp, man, that's that's you know, and that's that's where everyone's doing well, I think, in telling their own story, mm. um, and yeah. and customers love that. Do you think then, like we, we, we look to Scotland for that tradition and that um, uh, uh, it's almost stoic approach to whiskey. That, that's how it is. It's how it's always been. They are, they know it, they invented it. Yeah. Do you think our size and our 
the fact that we do have Queensland, Tassie, Northern Territory, WA, all these different places um, with such different climates and different uh, challenges, do you think that um, helps or hinders our establishment of tradition? Well, I, I don't know if we. I don't know if we have to kind Will of. Will we get tradition? Well, that's a, that's the thing. I don't know. Do we want tradition? Is is probably you know we're we're, we're a land of rogues and uh, you know and and love snatchers. You know that's sort of um, rebel <laughs> we're rebels. You know and 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 you even look to that. You're like our whiskey laws and what 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 um says that. You know we're we're making we partner with Stonerwood. They brew our beer. Or, or our wort for us to make our, our whiskey. I can tell you right now, in you know, in Scotland, because of this, those, you know, I don't want to use the word shackles, but that's such rich um, traditions that they have, that means that they're going to be really set in their ways. Scotland's actually ha having got the opposite uh, ch challenge now, which is how do they become as innovative of what's going on in the world of whiskey? They're looking to places mm -hmm. like us and, and various other countries and going, are we going to get left behind? So I think mm. for us, it's like, look, uh, you, before I, I so we talk about it, you know, before you've got to walk before you run. There's a lot of things in whiskey making process which you know you could use the word tradition around, which is, you know, proper processes, ways, and you got to understand the rules to break the rules in a way. And, and I think for that, it's important to get the fundamentals right. But mm -hmm. I don't think we have to be shackled to I like. Man, I don't want to produce a, a Scottish style of whiskey, or a, you know, to be known for that. Like, we want to be known as oh, Cape Byron. You know, that's Byron Bay subtropical Australian rainforest whiskey. You know, and it's exceptional. Or you know, or, or to to whichever other state around. So I think I think the modern whiskey drink is also looking for that. You know, the modern whiskey drink is changing a lot. Um, I love my traditional single malts, but I also like different ones and for different occasions as well. And um, there's there's going to be a, there's so much discovery that's happening, I think, in it. So it's sort of um, yeah, it's it's yeah. I think we should yeah embrace the road, embrace, uh, embrace the road. Could be so, a new release, crafty. I can hear, I can see it now. Embrace the road. <laughs> there's artwork in that. There's there definitely is. artwork yeah. in that. Well, so embracing the road, can off the top of your head, is there something or someone in Australia that you've seen that's doing something that you just went, holy fuck, that shouldn't work, but it does, or that is weird as, weird as hell, good on you for having a crack at it, but it's not quite my... Uh, I think... What's I think your interest? I, I, there's probably like the thing that I love is innovation and creating and pushing boundaries. Um, I think we probably like where I look at about where's going to be some breakthroughs and it hasn't, it's in my mind, I haven't tasted any whiskeys that I've been fallen in love with, but I mm. think it's going to be through exploration of different woods in Australia and for maturation. Um, I see, you know, I look, there's been a lot of like variations of red gums, things like that, that the whiskeys are interesting um, don't get me wrong. There you go. I haven't actually tasted that one yet. So that's um, the uh, for good. those listening at home rather than watching. I'm holding up the uh, the backwards uh, red gum smoke. Brilliant. Uh, there you go. I actually haven't had that one either, so I don't know what it's like. You're about to. I'm about to. Once I finish, we're about this. to. Can you pass it through the screen for me? Is there, is, where's smell-o-vision? Is that? Yeah, grab it. Grab it. Grab it. <laughs> 
like you know where where you look to it in, in Scotland they didn't have a lot of trees but they had a lot of peat you know and that was kind yeah. of that's how they were boiling their billies keeping their houses warm and that was their heat source in Australia we have an abundance of of timber um, and various forms of incredible timbers um, so I, I I really I think like if I'm fast forwarding to like 10 years time I think we're going to see a category of Australian whiskey that's really kind of creating some uniqueness through exploration of timbers. Now, whether that's just through maturation, whether that's through smoking, um, you know, I, I, that's that's a side of things because the world hasn't seen it before. Um, mm. Like I'll tell you something we've, we've done, um, cost us a bloody arm and a leg, but it was, um, it was brilliant. So we, we farm macadamias and we have to remove trees for interroid to let the, the we, we practice regenerative farming and uh and there's a mate of mine he he loves american barbecue that's he cooks that's his uh his business oh, he's like know. eddie have you ever tried macadamia timber for smoking and um and anyway so he he, he cooked up we had a feast we were drinking beers and whiskeys and it was just sensational mm. so we aged uh, air dried uh, um some macadamia logs for about two years and then shipped them to 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 our maltster at voyager and uh, and and used that, that macadamia timber to smoke our, our malt um, in the in the malting process. Not after. Yeah. I'm a big believer. Like true smoke maltings, you've got to take it from green malt and get that smoke all the way through. And man, yeah. it's fucking rock and roll. You know, it's sensational. <laughs> and you know, I've sent Jim stuff, and you know, that was the stuff. You know what Jim did with Optimore is like, you know, it never been done before. You know, because they were held on to those tradition, like traditions. Like Jim was a guy he used to, like he started using wine casts. He was using sherry casts at a time where it was almost getting shunned for doing it. You know, this was so long ago in the, in the Scotch industry, you know, and he used to get, you know, he used to, t he told me stories like, you know, they go, Jim, mate, you've lost it, you know, when he's using Chateau de Chem, Chateau de Tour casts, mm. you know, and, and, in, and in Scotland at that time, it's tradition. No, you use bourbon, you use the max amount of time, and you use sherry, and that's it. You know, this is Scotch Scotch whiskey. And Jim's like, well, no, I want to go where no whiskey's gone before. And, you know, he did that through cask exploration, and he, and he broke ground through that. And all of a sudden, you see all these other great distilleries in Scotland taking onto it because customers love that. It's new. It's interesting. It's great whiskey. But then the story of Optimal, you know, he, he went to the maltsters about, you know, putting, you know, rather than doing it over, you know, a sort of 12, 24-hour process, I want you to draw it down. I want you to lower down the temperature. We're going to be here for a while, boys. We're going to be here for days <laughs> on end. You know, let's, let's put some, let's put some uh, you know, more water on that fire. And what he did was, you know, they were going, Jim, we can't do this. We've never done it before. He's like, well, we're doing it. We're going there right now you know and, and so i think it's okay like it, it to be bold you know and and you know don't know geez maybe it's going to be shit or maybe it's going to be an interesting but geez it'll be it'll be a great tale but you don't know if you're going to create something new like if you're shackled by i don't want to do it because someone might think it's 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 you know can't be done and um yeah i think i think that kind of goes back to just there's a nice little sort of australian character around that of mm -hmm. you know of, of pushing boundaries of you know, uh, you know, wanting to sort of really kind of go where no no spirit's gone before. So, man, I, yeah, I think we're we're in for some some exciting yeah exciting stuff. I reckon in the native 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 or in the timber space in particular.
yeah yeah so on that uh on that issue um uh, ian has um uh comments that scotland and possibly bourbons uh, may have to change some guidelines for what woods can be used for maturation with issues of yeah. sustainability and climate changes and potential yeah. change, change of regulations in america yeah. as well Oregon's mm. a legacy for bourbon anyway yeah, yeah. that's something that they're going to have to think about which then obviously impacts the entire scotch industry yeah. um yeah that will be very interesting to see how that plays out we're, very we're already implications we're already seeing now the rise of american whiskey not bourbon and you know the rules on those i, I don't know if you guys know but it's like there's I'm pretty sure like the minimum age it's got to be in a barrel something like a, a year or a month even mm -hmm. um it is so, so low megas actually commented on that exact thing so a good example of this is the us uh yeah. what was the quite state industry has been shaken up by the likes of westwood uh westwood westward yeah <laughs> uh and even uh mgp uh in terms yeah. of how to innovate uh with huge volumes and 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 i think it comes down to like it's got to be great spirit it's got to be great whiskey and and you know I, i've drunk westwards before and it's oh. great whiskey you know like yeah. it's um you know Westwood, you, you, yeah i always get the two mixed up yeah. westwood or westwood? both yeah I'm so close to I know. Jay. I think, I think I know. a few more whiskies you can say them at the same time and get away with and, it. And nobody cares. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. I actually don't know which one it is. Is it the Westward Best Whiskey Cast? Uh, sorry, the Stout Cast. Westward. 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 Westward did the Stout Cast. I was trying to yeah, see whether yeah. I could see it over there, but the Stout yeah. Cast yeah. of the Westward. Yeah, is very very nice. Yeah, brilliant. And and you know that's the and I can guarantee you, like you know the traditions of bourbon industry and Scott, they're looking to that going, holy shit, look at this innovation. Yeah. But also, customers are loving it. Drinkers are fucking engaging with it. It's new and exciting, and it's great juice. You know, it's great whiskey. Um, so yeah, I think I think it does put pressure on some of those things, and that's where some change. You know the bourbon industry is so heavily tied to you know the forestry industry you know it's in there in the law it's got to be virgin american oak you know they're so highly regulated around that mm. and it's also it was a good thing it protects that you know so it also creates a massive influx of different casks and uh um that's my my little pooch isla by the way she's uh I'll, oh. I'll, oh. Had it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get her up she's, she's uh, yeah oh. it was it was it's either going to be whiskey or Isla. So um, she's she's had it though. She's like, Dad, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this story before. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could have called her Lowlands. Oh, good. That'll be the next one. Well, it was it was either going to be Jude or it was either going to be Jude or Lowlands for our for our firstborn, and I couldn't get Lowlands over over there. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, it was a it was an uphill battle. I'll give you that much. Hey, a question I want to ask is: um, yep. so you've you've just you're about to release, I think, or you you just released your first. Um, Wine cast, Avonia, not wine cast, but uh, Avonia casts. Uh, yeah. So your relationship with winemakers, you already got that with your Chardonnay release, and now you got the Avonia. So you can see the, there's a real symbiotic relationship uh, between the two. Tell us about the new release. What's what's the? And we actually had a taste 
uh, the whiskey list did an online tasting. Ah, cool. And we oh, tasted yeah. it, and the Vonya cast was holy crap. That is really yeah. So and yeah, that, that would have been that would have been a while ago. I think that would have yeah, been yeah, oh, probably, probably at least a, a year ago now. Or? Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's sold out. So there's no point in talking about it anyway. Yeah, the Vonya card. So, it's on the website there. One hundred forty nine ninety nine, sold out. Gone. Is that on? No more. <laughs> there you go. No, I think I think we released it. So we released Bionya on Monday. So uh, is when that wow. goes live, which is something we're pretty bloody excited about. So you know, for, for us, all of our whiskey, um, actually about ninety percent of our whiskey goes directly into ex bourbon casks. Um, right. That's kind of our, our our initial policy. You know, we go into those predominantly Heaven Hill cast splattering of some others. And we do that, and this is really kind of setting the flavour profile and kind of stuff from Jim, you know, which is it's the whiskeys needs to, to, to get some foundational characters. It needs to learn to walk and talk, you know, before it can start to run. So that whiskey for us is, and that bourbon cast maturation is so important to the character of our whiskey. Um, but in the early days, we really wanted to experiment and explore a lot of different casts. In particular, like, you know, we've talked about what have we got in Australia? We've got, you know, what barley and timber, but we've also got this little thing called a wine industry. And I think we make some pretty good stuff, you know, small maybe. Um, so, you know, we get, we get access to incredible, incredible casks. Um, and uh, even though we're, we're going mainly into bourbon, we're also get the opportunity to explore so many different varieties and wine casks and styles. And that's where man, we get excited about that. So we look at wine casks a bit differently. And again, it's really kind of overlapping with our, our climate. So we, for instance, if we put our, our, our whiskey into, you know, uh, you know, say red wine casks in our temperature, we would get too much extraction. We would get almost too much tannic quality coming out of that. And it's probably going to make for a bit of an unbalanced whiskey. So we, we've sort of really worked and worked around with, with different wineries and winemakers and looking at different wine styles to looking at casts that are not going to over-dominate our spirit. You know, we, we're looking for that marriage and spirit. And that's where, you know, our Chardonnay casks works so bloody well with our spirit in our, in our climate. Um, and we get those fresh, fresh dump, but also we retoast as well. Um, and that's going to be some future and stuff after we've done our releases. Just reading, reading the uh, the notes on that on the Chardonnay cast. Uh, so the palate uh, exudes decadent notes of chocolate and hazelnut praline, laid over distinct characteristics of raisin, baked apples, and maple. Oh, so tell you what, you almost you almost need a bit of like some violin in the I'll background, maybe, or, or maybe a little bag a bagpipe over the hill. Oh, you know, that'd be oh, there's, I'm crying. There's a tear. And who wrote uh, that? Who wrote that? Poetry, poetry, poetry. <laughs> and then if we if we go to uh, to the uh, the the Bonya cask, again, murdered it. Um, characteristics of stewed apple and spice, buttered croissant, oh. mocha, papaya, and charred peach. I'm hungry. Sweetie, did you say Come that on. you were releasing that on Monday? 
So on it's Monday, not, it's not. Okay. It's just not out. No. Yet. So you you can go. So so we this. So we have our original, which is our. We want to be able to consistently release that, you know. And it's not. We're not a huge distillery. We but we want to kind of. We plan that we want to be able to keep that one sort of the original there and available to a limited amount of. We obviously can't go. We don't have volumes to go everywhere. Um, but then we do our limited release, and it's kind of a wine cast exploration. So we get the Chardonnay first, and then this now is our Viognier cast release. Um, and we worked so, with these, yeah. Um, for those playing at home, I've just posted the link directly to that into the the show notes. That uh, there is a sign up for the waiting list uh, directly on yep. the website there for that. So you can put in your email address, tick the box to get notified as soon as. I guess you hit the switch and and put the stock in there. Yeah. So what we do is we give everyone that gets on there the first 24 hours once we launch it, and then, you know, that's sort of doing the work to get there, and then we sort of broaden it out um, afterwards. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's bloody exciting. Like, you know, we've got such an incredible industry in the wine to, to look to. So a Viognier style of wine is generally not a heavily oak wine, especially like um, so Inkwell wines accrue in the McLaren Vale, which we source these from. We keep sending him bottles of whiskey, trying to get a few more casts out of him. If he's listening, come on, send us some more. Um, but <laughs> it is, it is, it's got this great minerality. You know, really kind of there is some tropical fruit characters. You're going to get apricot and peach in there, and um, and um, but then it's lightly oaked. Um, so it's really quite more of a delicate approach in that car. So you can see the Chardonnay, which is probably a little bit heavier um, in, in sort of oak profile. Um, so the Viognier is a, a really a, a little bit sort of lighter in that, but it is just, it's got all of those. Because And you think about it, like if we're using a wine cast, the winemakers that may have used those casts before, they're treating them very differently to, to, to us when we're doing whiskey. You know, they're... <laughs> They're keeping their wine in there, 13 14% alcohol, and they're keeping it very, very much temperature controlled, you know. Um, so so the, the sort of even though they're getting that oak contact, they're only wanting a little bit of oak contact, the kiss of oak, you know, the softness of it. And then, there were, and then we get the barrels to Byron Bay, and then we get our beautiful, you know, new-made spirit, and in it goes. You know, we, we fill our cast on average about four, 57% alcohol, and it just rips that character out from the oak. You know, the mm. first six to eight months is all about extraction. And, you know, you're getting this huge depth of character and, you know, anything that's had wine, you get these beautiful stewed fruit characters and raisins and, you know, the, this, these sort of almost barrel spices coming through is like, you know, maybe chocolatey or pastry-like characters. And uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a bloody juicy, delicious whiskey. Um, we're 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 pretty excited by it. It's probably something we're not going to be um, doing much more purely because you don't get too many oak Viognieres around, and and casts are challenging. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, we're we're yeah really really oh, really excited to put it out collection. there. A special one yeah. for the collection. Buy two. One Absolutely. Drink. Buy two. Hey, buy a case. You know, who am I? I wouldn't tell you to stop it. As long as you drink <laughs> it. There is nothing I ate more. And I'm like, you know, yeah, like, you know, when you see whiskey, you know, and whiskey for me, like, 
like spirits and great food or wine, you know, should be shared, you know, and should be yeah. celebrated in those moments. But, um, you know, whiskey, an unopened whiskey bottle is stories untold. You know, like you, 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 every you, bottle behind me here is open. There you, there you go. Look and look at the amount of stories that have been told just through that. I'm putting the fan <laughs> on. It's it's too warm here. You know? oh, yeah, where yeah, there'll yeah, be geez. ice in the whiskey before you know it. You know, yeah. <laughs> if I put that fan on, we'll blow away. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna do that. <laughs> hey, a question so, I've got is so when yeah. you go to a winemaker and you say. Your wine, love your wine. It, it's, I just love the flavors, the complexity, everything else. I want to take your cask and I want to take it away and I want to burn it. I want to toast it and then I want to put my spirit in. Do the winemakers that you talk to, do they look at you horrified with what you want to do? Or, or they, yeah, they're uh, pretty much, well, yeah, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you where you can go, you know, and it's not going to be getting my cask. Um, <laughs> They, you know, like great winemakers, they 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 spend a mozza on these barrels, and they've spent so much energy to source the style of oak that they want. So, when barrels are at their best, you know, even after you know Chardonnay is a great example. What we want is what happens in winemaking um, is this is in general um, is for Chardonnay cask, they'll use it maybe three, maybe four times you know, for maturation and, and that's always depending on how long they're, they're, they're having it on oak and everything for. But then a Chardonnay cask becomes a red wine cask, you know, and they're going to use it in different things, you know, because in winemaking they're going to use those things until it's gone. Like it's a, they've put it, that's a lot of money that they've spent on these great casks. So for us, not only do we have to convince the winemakers to, do not get extra use out of that, but hey, why don't you sell it to us? And we'll take a few casts off your hand. And and it comes down to relationships and um and I suppose for them they want to know that the quality uh, I suppose for, for everything that it that they do that it's gonna be kind of respected and, and treated right, you know, and, and that that takes that comes from relationships and also I suppose we get to show that through through who we are and the spirits that we make and and you know through our reputation and that sort of that sort of helps. But um yeah, there's a bit of convincing, but um you know it's it's just network. Like man, I'm constantly looking for good casts and look. There's a lot of there's a lot of middlemen in the industry, which is great. But you know what we're looking to do is really strike up those really great relationships and um you know and, and to keep that because you know they've created and they've essentially they've held that cask in their possession you know they want to see that it's gone to a good place and you know there's now a new life getting getting used to it and we send we send the winemakers bottles of whiskey and stuff and they love it so it's uh yeah it's nice when they they get to sort of see the fruits of of, of sort of the labor that they put into it yeah absolutely mm. now we cool. we had an interesting comment um actually here before before I circle back up, I'm going to go with another one that uh, just came in right now. Um, Eddie mentioned his love for Stone and Wood. Any thoughts on collab with their old barrels? Bloody good question. You, you haven't been snipping around our barrel house, Lord Smeg, have you, mate? <laughs> uh, we have flies might, everywhere. There, there might be. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's actually probably going to be next year, and. Um, 
uh, 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 one of my favourite beers that the the guys make, and um, the, the, when the, when the founders, it's since sold to Lion. It's all still the, some great people and great great beer is getting made there and very much still community focused. But they used to do this yearly uh, brew, and it was called the Stone Beer, and then they created this festival around it. And and Brad, you know, brought this thing to life, and there was an old sort of traditional ways of making beer. And they used to heat up volcanic rocks and they'd use those as the heat source, drop them in the pot. And you could imagine those boiling hot, you know, you know, volcanic rocks. And then it's going to cook that sort of malt. So you get extra toasted roasted characters. And that's kind of been the birth of stone beer. And then over iterations, you know, they'll age that stone beer in casks, you know, bourbons to this and that. And um yeah, so we may have done our own little trades and swaps and uh, things here and there, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you if we uh, if we saw some stone beer releases coming uh, coming out maybe towards what are we the end of next year perhaps. Interesting. Stay tuned. Jump on the mailing list. Jump on the indeed. <laughs> there you go. We got an emoji. Uh, we've got. It's a, it's a, it's a happy face. Oh, happy I get it. Right. Yeah, it's, happy, it's like an eggplant to me, but anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we, yeah, what are they, what are they sending you, Crafty? Was that a person? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. He, he I didn't see of, that pop up. <laughs> he gets a lot of personal emojis. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's someone that you're, you're an aubergine, <laughs> you're, you're an eggplant. It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> That's why I don't answer your messages. I'm a fan. Anyway, um, Ian Bruce, uh, do you ever use X wine cask? Then the winery takes it back. Then after they've reused it, you get it back at the distillery. That sounds familiar. Are you doing a reciprocal? reciprocal? Uh, it's it's funny. Wineries not so much. Like you know, I think winemakers are so you know the oak to them is so precious from the moment that it's you know that virgin toasted oak and and you know look very different. Like you look in bourbon casts, you know they char the buggery out of those things, and then you know then then they've got high strength spirit that's gone into them for a long time. So very different environment to wine. So, you know, with wine casts in general, they're, they're looking for that complexity more through toasting. Um, and, and you know, they're kind of, they're only, they don't want too much oak interaction for it, you know, because wine's delicate. It's so aromatic. You don't want it to be overly oak. And also they're putting it in those temperatures that they're doing. So, you know, once once they're kind of they're, they're done with it essentially you, you know the, the old analogy is a good way of looking at it is a teat bag you know you can use it so many times and then it starts to dilute a little bit and the and the also the winemakers love it maybe it's not the virgin piece that they like at the start but it's the second and the third feels that they're going to get their best results from mm. but after a while you know it's not going to be used for that style they could, they might still use it for other things but um when we've got our spirit into it, it rips all the rest of it out. You know, it is. And then so there's not as much character left into it. Look, um, I, I, I'm not sure if there has been. Like, man, I'm sure there has to be. It's a great idea anyway. It's going to be a great story if, if it does come to life. But I think generally winemakers would be after more of the the softer oak profile rather than, um, yeah. Imagine imagine a big Shiraz age in a whiskey barrel. Jeez, it would blow your head off. It would be good fun. 
Now a really creek has has um there are there are wine cask sorry there are whiskey cask wines certainly I have seen but they are pure yeah Yeah. they're they're pretty standout but then yeah how reciprocal that is yeah I I imagine it's a one way traffic that one probably yes yeah Yeah. I think they're reusing them you know and uh and, and you know what's what's so interesting and I think is this is also you know we talk about the industry evolving you know where I was so excited the day I heard that Casella Wines was getting into the distilling game with Morris and mm. they did it in such a way that they bought a fortified distillery and they come from a wine background. Like, what, I think that's going to be something in the future of us distillers we're going to see more of, you know, those, you know, the wine, wine producers that have essentially have all their, their sort of cast stores locked up. It makes sense that they could go and supply them themselves and, and you know they've just got such a great library of of fortifieds to use and you know as you know as as distillers we work hard to try to you know see what else falls off the back of a truck from from various (laughs) different fortified cars and beg borrow and steal where possible but um yeah so we don't need we don't need the wineries to start distilling and keep no no stick to wine don't need that that would be a bad idea We'll meet right. at the pub between between the distillery and the wineries, and we'll, get, we'll share some drinks. Now, talking about uh, going back to innovation and smoke, I thought this was a great comment that came in from Mark Springle. Uh, I smoked some red gum over water and then froze it into ice cubes, and it adds a smoky flavour. I smoked some red gum. Oh, yeah. Over water. yeah. So smokes and red gum over water, froze into the ice. So created his own smoke oh, infusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little ice cube in his whiskey wow. of his choosing, and then that it's I think that is personal innovation, really. Yeah. And the, the smoky cool. water, smoky adding a smoky water to your whiskey. Yeah. In, I can tell you in Byron Bay, it wouldn't be red gum that they're smoking into their ice cubes. <laughs> the other thing but it's like you know the the, the this, you see that used in like um uh uh you know great cocktail bars as well and when they're yes. bringing smoke into things you know like um if you get yourself a, a stave um and you know a wine stave or a whiskey stave or something and you know, if you get a chef's tour, chef's <laughs> deep purple ice, I like it. Um, all the colours of the rainbow, you know, and, and you sort of get a chef's torch and you set that on fire, then you put a glass over the top. If you're making mm. an old-fashioned, what a mm. great, you're going to get these smoky aromas and all of yeah. that stuff. I think smoke, smoke as a flavour is such a beautiful, you know, such a great character, you know, to, to add to it. Um, and as you're saying, with all the different types of timber that we have, available to us in australia how we can utilize those maybe we can't make a barrel out of it but yeah maybe we can smoke some malt with it and infuse that flavor in a different way didn't archie rose Rose do something a few years ago with smoky water and it was smoked in a pizza oven yes which which was next door Ah, to archie it did they they did i'm struggling to remember what that was now but i think it was a red gum yeah um and yeah they did smoke the water they smoked the water in the pizza oven next door 
and then use that as part of the distillation process or part of the or the breaking the breaking, breaking the whiskey down, down. Breaking whiskey it down was not a big release i don't think no, no. <laughs> yeah it didn't quite work but sounds like a lot of work yeah a lot, yeah. A lot of work yeah. it sounds yeah. like a good story it's been a good yarn and and it's funny right you can get like you, you think about it if we've got you know this this bottle of whiskey here like how do we get smoke character into that and and you know like the the traditional one and this is in sort of my sort of from a flavor belief like the best way to do it is we in the actual malting process so mm. you know if you do it and, and the good way to look at it so in the malting process you start with green malt you know you pour water over it and it thinks it's out in nature and it's going great i gotta wake up i'm gonna start growing growing shoots and you know all these sort of enzymes and changes and it's in that process after you've got it and it's germinated that you then need to reduce the water content out from from that green malt um you know from and that's that's the malting process you bring heat and in that heat you can either use a, a non you know a, a, a sort of a, a non a smoke source you know just hot air um or you would use a smoke source and that's it but it's in that process when it's wet and it's that green malt that it may be a good analogy if you're like slow roasting a leg of lamb or smoking a leg of lamb you can either do it like you can taste the difference if you did a 12 hour and it was properly smoked all the way through great heat source versus you cooked a leg of lamb and then you poured smoke over it at the end you're going to get different layer levels of penetration of that smoke. So what you happens is properly sort of smoked or peat smoked barley is that it actually gets right through the husk and into the heart of it, you know. Um, mm. and, and I think it's, you know, but that's where you want that really deep, intense smoke for it, you know. But then there's going to be, other than that, yeah, there's nothing to say you can't, you know, smoke, you know, infuse smoke into your water. You know, part of that you'll probably, you might, It'd be interesting like to me my my sort of thought to go to it's probably going to be a bit of an acrid sharp smoke rather than a bit more of a mellow but um yeah there's nothing you know and, and that's geez i can tell you we're going to see it you know we're going to see all forms of different like how do you bring layers and elements of those smoky characters into into spirits and smoke's polarizing people either love peter whiskey or hate it and uh mm. And, uh, and you know, but people that like peated whiskey are going to like smoky styles of whiskey, you know, yeah. and, 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 and exploring. And the difference between a peated whiskey and a smoked whiskey, they are two different yeah. things as well. Um, yeah. Certainly so we've actually, we've actually just released, um, we did a, 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 an exclusive with the, uh, the whiskey list. Um, it went live yesterday we i tell you what we haven't released a new whiskey in 12 months and we've dropped them both in one week um <laughs> uh, uh we're always we you know why not just before the, the madness of, of christmas um but that for us so so we we produce it's about 90 percent unpeated and 10 percent peated um uh, and we import um scottish peated malt um from simpson's maltings um we don't have you know kind of the level of, of of sort of um quality in my mind of, of peated peat you know peat bogs and actually peat character the the of the style of whiskey that we wanted to create in australia yet you know we're starting to see monsters that are, that are doing that now that are set up for that and 
and we're going to start to see that grow. And that's my goal and dream is to have pure Australian peated barley at the level of quality of what Scottish peated barley is. So we import that um, and, man, it's just sensational. Beautiful. It's like, mm. you know, sweet ham, sweet smoke, um, delicate, and, and, and it's elegant. It's a really elegant spirit as well. But, um, yeah, we just released it. So we did a um, – we, we took – it was only – we only did, I think, 350-odd bottles. Um, so mm. we took – selected a single retoasted Chardonnay cast, so it held – uh, bourbon then into retoasted Chardonnay cast for over 12 months to finish. Um, and uh, and then we, we it's the first ever release of anything that is peated from our distillery. Um, and we brought in 30% of, of, of our bourbon uh, peated um, single malt whiskey. So it's, a, it's it's kind of shows this very soft, elegant approach, uh, softer style for peated. Like we will release our peated whiskey and it's going to be big and bold and delicious um but uh yeah it's uh it's uh i i think it's up on the whiskey list on their website so for those playing at home i have just posted it into the chat the direct link to it uh it is on the whiskey list.com.au uh, and yeah the link is in the chats i'm just mm -hmm. trying to bring up uh the bottle on the brand but of course you know technology screws me uh, your it, IT, your it may be my job, but it's still, <laughs> it does things that just. There we go. Oh, that's fine. look at that. So yeah, that. peated Chardonnay. There you go. Yeah. Now, so that is a special release uh, on the whiskey list. Yep. Uh, now their description says it is the first ever special release from Cape Byron, and also hang on, hang on. Vi vi violins in the background. Come on, yeah, let's get it properly. Oh, yeah. No. There's our. Hold on. Do I have some? Do I have some background music here? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, come on. I want to. Let's, let's set the scene. You know, people, hopefully, people are drinking whiskey. Oh, There's now we're talking. Drinks. There's some background music. So, the first ever special release from Kate Byron, and also the first over 50%. It's a beauty. No, you need to do it. Who's the, the, um, the Negro singer with the really big voice? Uh, anyway, I've got a. Oh, like some Marvin Gaye, Mason. No, not Marvin Gaye. Real? Oh, you could be Marvin Gaye. Yeah, I'm not sure that'll work. What feeding ducks? It's not called feeding ducks. It's called not arriving. Where the fuck is? Oh, feeding ducks. All right, all right. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Put that on. Um. This whiskey was developed by Cape Byron team specifically for the whiskey list. Uh, whiskey lovers, and it is fantastic. Uh, the, ma the majority is from unpeated bourbon cask, finished in Chardonnay cask, but there's a choice amount of peated bourbon cask uh, married into it to give it earthiness and complexity. Not, that's not sexy at all. No, not that's like not that. as sexy as what I thought. Yeah. Why you go? Moving right along. <laughs> uh, I think, Look, I, to be honest, I think sexy. all... I think from here on out, any tasting note should be re you should be read with some you know sexy music in the background. It just elevates it, you know. I'll I'll find, find some, some sexy music. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is the first time we've ever used background music. Yeah. On the I think show. we're starting something. I think you know the distilleries yeah. need to choose their background music for tasting notes to be read. I to. have I have limited options. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not glad to the conduit. You can't see anything. Just he the can't read it. He, it. he left his Coke bottles at yeah. home. Now, talking about talking about smoke and infusion and through smoke. Because Crafty, tell us. it is a good example of smoking in the uh, the malting process. So that yeah. was a collaboration with uh, Voyager. Slightly, Voyager. Slightly different. So correct me. Not in the malting process. When did you do it? Post malting. Post malt. So it was warm. Post malt. We we've just done another another batch earlier in the year, but it was it was uh, warm smoke Voyager craft malt. And it was um, Cooperage wood shavings, wine. Wow. So smoke juice, and it's in refill casks. um, And it's, yeah, juicy, fruity, with a light smoke through the back. So, uh, yeah, something. How did that? Eddie, you try different things. Some of them. smells like bacon balls when we're. How was I? Remember, I was with you. The, um, actually, with, yeah, with you guys, Todd and Crafty. Um, first time I tried tried Peter Bignall's. Um, what was oh, it? The burnout. Bogan, Bogan Bogan burnout. burnout. Yeah. Oh, now we're talking smoke. That that's yeah. a, that's the, the next infamous, level. The infamous. The infamous. That is. That is man. That is that is rock and roll. That stuff is. Yeah, wild. The thing to say about Bogan burnout though is it gets airborne. So you don't, <laughs> you, open the bottle. you don't have to drink it. No, no. Someone can be drinking yeah. it in a bar right yeah. down the other end and you start to go, what am I getting in my mouth? Where did that come <laughs> yeah. from? Where did that rubber come from? <laughs> oh, oh I, man, that, and I think that's a beauty of smoke whiskey. Or like, you know, Peter whiskey, we're talking smoke and Peter and all of those. Like, for me, like I, I like I enjoy. I drink a lot more unpeated than I would peated. Peated for me is in a time and place, and yep. you know when yep. I'm outdoors, I like a peated whiskey. You know, like if I'm out camping or something like that, or you know when when you kind of feel like you need a bit more energy. You know, like or that certain times, and I think that peat that smoke gives you such character. You know, it gives you this sort of big energy about it too. But it's like. Mm. Oh man, and the levels, you know, you've got soft, sweet smoke, and to, you know, one of my actually probably. Bogan burnout. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> Bogan burnout. That, that'll, rip, that'll rip you a new one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, is, this next one's um, Big Hot Smoking Barrel or something, where he smoked the whole barrel. Is that how good? Yeah. And I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you my. Burnout, it's pretty nasty stuff. Oh, oh a bit of cheap shit in there, and then yeah. just make the whole smoky action. Oh, it's just, it's sort of, it's grey in colour. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that, maybe it's infused. It's filtered through the sheep shit. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my my most memorable whiskies is uh, is one of Jim's, and I've still got like. You know, a quarter of a bottle. That's the one I'm like, you know, the day that bottle dies, I'll have a tear. Um, and it was one of his Octomore releases. It's Octomore Commerce uh, 4.1. And, and 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 there's as much as the story as well as how sensational the whiskey is. And, you know, for those that haven't drunk Octomore, you know, you w- would have heard of it. And it's like the heavyweight of the whiskey well, but it's almost the whiskey that shouldn't work. 
It's like the world's most heavily peated whiskey and it's massive, yet it's still very elegant as well. Um, mm. You know, there's such beauty to that to that whiskey. And the story of Octomore Commerce and the way Jim tells it, it's not a whiskey, it's a, it's a tale, it's a love story um, of this big brute of an Isla man, you know, a man cut from stone and timber and, you know, a beard, you know, redder than red beard's beard. And, uh, and he meets and falls in love with this delicate French lass. And, you know, the story is of Octomore being aged in a sauternes cask, a French, you know, a, a French sweet white wine cask. And it yeah. is fucking beautiful, you know, romantic. But just I think that for me is, you know, whiskey has romance and should take you to a certain place. And then but it's also the flavor is something that just just sort of stops you in your tracks. And it almost it's a whiskey that shouldn't work. It's so big and bold yet so elegant and sweet and uh you know it, it's just you know when those two big worlds can collide it's uh yeah i'll be very sad the day that that bottle goes maybe there's some collectors out there that'll do me a deal <laughs> now i'm sorry the rain has just started so you can you may be able to the cricket has stopped the cricket stopped chirping. Which means he's on the roof. He's outside. He's outside. Away. By the fucking rain. Yeah, exactly. He's at it. So now you yeah. can hear the rain. Well, we can hear the rain. I don't know yeah. anybody else. Can we can hear, hear anything apart from uh, the rain. But <laughs> the, the beauty of having a low roof in a shitty shed. Love uh, it's not too bad. We can, we are, yeah. A, a soft pattern. That's why I have so much alcohol to soften the blow. Yes. <laughs> now, do we have any other questions from the audience to come in? There have been quite a few questions. Uh, I think I've gotten through all of them. I did, I did quite like the uh, uh, William Rules. Where's my mouse gone? Shite. There it is. I found it. Uh, uh, deep Purple Eyes. Call it Deep Purple Eyes. I like that. Yeah. Smoke on they the could, water. It could be. A, maybe we might need some hemp Some hemp water to, uh, to cut the whiskey. Oh. That'll get things going. Do you? Th I mean, there are there are hemp gins. Yeah. Uh, there's a few hemp gins out there. I do happen to have one on the shelf there somewhere. Do you think hemp is something we could introduce into whiskey? Ah, uh, why not? You Would know, that work as a smoky flavour. Yeah, you 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 could maybe you know yeah, hey from smoking it you know and bring it in there. It's um it, it's funny. There's uh. The world, the new generation of drinkers is is changing, and in particular, the like, you know, a guy was telling me about this the other week in the states. There's this whole new rise of people um, drinking sort of CBD and THC drinks, you know, of, of 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 like infused. So there's no alcohol in them, but they're giving you those effects and stuff. And it's it's going to be interesting. I reckon there might maybe be some hybridy pieces of you know you know whiskey or or spirit you know spirit combined ones and um it's going to be it's an interesting one you know we we know we can see it now you know the generations are changing our drinking culture is changing so much like what we're doing here and talking about is very much premium spirits spirits that should be enjoyed and shared and i, th I don't think that changes but you know the the culture of drinking, and I think there's more going to be you know start to see more appreciation rather than just consumption. You know, which is a uh, uh, which is a good thing. But it's going to be an interesting one. You know, like uh, mm. what does that new 
what does a you know a, a new drinker that's sort of first emerging now and I can tell you probably from when we started having our first drinks uh, you know I think my first ever drink <laughs> was a uh, a Woodstock 440 mil, big and beautiful, you know, that was, uh, uh, um, but it's, it's, it's definitely changing a lot. Yeah. I think for the better my, too. My only drinking was with a lot of very bad men, uh, Jim, Johnny, Jack, uh, Captain Morgan. The three, I mean, the very, three white, three white <laughs> men. They were, they were very, very <laughs> bad men, and I have very few memories it's of them. Name Wilson. But I know they were bad. I'll tell you one of my most brutal when I was working in this bar, we used to pour a shot. And when you know, any people used to go, oh, I want your strongest shot. And you mm -hmm. go, Oh, yeah, here he goes. And we used to call it, it was called Three Wise Men on Acid. And it was Johnny Walker, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, and Absent. And it was <laughs> rocket fuel. <laughs> like, you can imagine it. But uh, you just reminded me when you were going through the wise men. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I don't condone are... three wise men on acid, by the way. You know, we've got three oh, wise men sounds... there. <laughs> sounds like a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a bad time after that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so with the rain, also I've noticed that our internet's are probably going to cut out at any moment now because the pits are going to fill up with water. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the joy of Australian telecommunications. So before we actually get cut off, um, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining us. It's been mm. wonderful chatting with you. Thank you uh, so. to everyone for their comments. We've got uh, Mark Springle there. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for a great evening. Um so we've got the latest release, uh, which is now out on the whiskey list, which I've shared the uh, the link for in the chat. The whiskey list exclusive. We've got the uh, the, uh, the new one, uh, the out, new on one coming out. When's that coming out? Monday. Monday. So Viognier cast lands Monday, and Monday. Um, we are also doing a. Um, Rather than Black Friday, we're calling it Green Friday. Green so we've actually Friday. got a special yep. special release. So we're doing some discount. That does include we're, we're not uh, any of our limited release, but the OG you can get up to twenty percent off. Um, plus, we do a donation from every order to the wildlife uh, to the local wildlife hospital, so you can sort of feel good about buying buying your booze. Uh, Absolutely. Really cool, now I do just have to be because I can. I have to throw it up there uh the green friday artwork for everyone to see oh there it uh, is there it is so yep 20 percent off and uh two dollars per order is donated to the byron wildlife hospital there look at is. the echidna he's almost smiling he is. He's well, he's had a bottle of Mac. He's having the time of his oh, life. Yeah. He's right having time. the time of his life. He's, oh. he's doing something for that bottle of yeah, Mac. He's very appreciative of the bottle. He's <laughs> very appreciative of the bottle. Koala's looking on with surprise <laughs> yeah, and disgust yeah, right. and envy. That bloody echidna, he's at it again. Give him a give him a sniff of Mac and every time. I uh, just, just a comment <laughs> adding to that. Totally unrelated. Uh -huh. I was yeah. on, I was on the on the web today, and there was these wildlife uh, photographs. Right, it's a huge competition in the world, and the one that won was a kangaroo, and the kangaroo is holding his arms like this, and it's like he's got an air guitar. 
He's doing the oh, whole thing. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, guitar thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Have you? How good is that? I pissed myself for laughter because. Yep. You found it? I found That's it. it. Put it up. Put it up. He's working on it. And if you. It's uh, a good thing we've got a good IT guy here. Yeah. Oh, so, I tell you. You got to see this because it will make you piss yourself. All right. So this one. And all right, here it goes. It's uploading. Patience, patience. There we go. <laughs> oh my god, look at that. He's leaning in. <laughs> He's having a good old scratch. That's a new one. Is that not an air guitar stunts or what? <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, rock out. Either that or he's had too much meth. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, he's looking for his bottle. He's going, hang on. I, I left it in his pocket. <laughs> no, he's not pushed it. Yeah. I left yeah. it in my boy. So uh, brilliant. Uh, comment from Carl. Uh, David and Kate gave me my first taste of the comments. I hunted down a bottle after that. Crafty, can we make something Ma happen? <laughs> yeah, you can send me that. I'll send you my address, Garth, and you can send me that bottle of commerce. That'd be great if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> we have you, I've never, yeah, there's man, if you guys have ever had the opportunity of doing a com, uh, 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 an Octomore tasting, it is just man, wild the flavor profiles that are coming through on those. But some mm. of those earlier releases um yeah just just sensational but uh definitely not an everyday drinker <laughs> there garth, you go garth will be in touch excellent you can trust garth he'll hit you up yeah. uh thank you everyone for joining us please jump on to capebyrondistillery.com jump on to the whiskey list and grab that exclusive release jump on on monday to get the new uh, cast release and stay tuned because we'll be back on the seventh. Seventh, the seventh yeah. with uh King, King Lake. Lake. With King Lake, brilliant. Uh, who I'm a huge fan of, so it'll be great to have a chat with them on the seventh. Thank you. Our, our second favorite Australian distillery. So, yeah. Who's our first favorite? I don't know. But... <laughs> we won't crafty count. number one. <laughs> I mean, look, crafty goes without saying, really. Oh, you think I'm putting at the back of the bus? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, thank you all again. Please like and subscribe and all those things. Uh, stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. Mm -hmm.